the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. The world's richest man sat down with the number one cable talk show host in the country. Elon Musk and Tucker Carlson had an incredible interview yesterday. In part two will come out today. You could tell a lot about the health of a society looking at the ruling class. You could tell a lot about where a nation is headed and whether or not that nation is prospering or faltering based on whether or not the people in charge, the people that have been tasked with governing the society are doing what is necessary. That doesn't mean they all have to agree on every topic. That doesn't mean that Every single person in, in charge of society must have the same political beliefs. But what we're living through right now, and it just it was so clear just watching the Elon Tucker interview, and I didn't agree with everything Elon said, but it was so clear that in some form or fashion, Elon felt some responsibility that I am the world's wealthiest man. I am the country's wealthiest man. I probably shouldn't damage humanity or damage the country. And for that, he's actually a rarity. That simple sentence that I have wealth, I have power, I have prestige, and I want to do something that is not trying to remake the world in my image. Not trying to remake the world so I can gain necessary more temporal power. You see, we're always going to have leaders. We're always going to have elites. Elites will always be necessary. We are not Marxists. We do not believe in this utopian egalitarianism. We believe in hierarchies. We believe that there will be people that get more money. We believe that some people have a greater work ethic, higher IQ, more of a drive. And therefore, you're going to have the creation of hierarchies. The Pareto principle shows us this, that over a period of time, some people are going to get wealthier, some people are going to create more. And that's fine. That's natural. That is healthy. Markets are the best way to actually organize hierarchies because you're able to give a preference on work ethic, responsibility, delayed gratification makes your society wealthier. So so hierarchies are not going away. The left likes makes like it seem like we need to get rid of hierarchies and instead they actually want to protect the oligarchy so it's untouchable. You see, what we're living through especially in the last 20 years is unprecedented in American history. It's not that we have been able to get rid of our elites. Our elites are actually wealthier than they were even in the gilded era. Wealthier than they were in the gilded age. They're more powerful than they were at any time in American history, whether it be Google or Goldman Sachs or the FBI. No, what's unprecedented is that the people in charge of the society, the elites, the corporate elites, the entrepreneurs, the tech CEOs, the people of Congress, they have bitter resentment for the nation and the culture that they oversee. That's what is unprecedented. What's unprecedented is that the people in charge hate you and they're vocal about it. 
Countries are run well when elites care about the nation and the future of the country and the people in their care. Tucker has an analogy. He says often, he says, we should imagine the country as a household or a family. And our leaders are at least temporarily the parents. The parents look out for what's best for their children. They don't prioritize other people's children. They don't let random other kids move into the house and take over. They don't shrug their shoulders if their kids get addicted to drugs or gambling or video games. They don't lie to them, which our leaders have made a pattern. They give them some autonomy and freedom as they get older, and they generally want what is best for them. Our leaders, our elites, want the opposite. They are parents who have decided their kids are indeed defective, so they want to throw them out and replace them with other people's kids. That's what our leaders want. The consensus amongst the elites is, I hate the body politic of America. I hate their customs. I hate their beliefs. I hate their religious traditions. Hillary Clinton called them deplorable, deplorables. The smelly Walmart people, the flyover country. And our elites are completely unpredictable. First of all, they refuse to take any responsibility. See, they swerve wildly from being tyrannically controlling to then also being absentee. They spy on everything we say. At the same time, they want to edit our books and censor what we can read. Simultaneously, they don't care if we get addicted to drugs or our kids are killing themselves or a border remains wide open. They let mobs loot and plunder our streets because it lets them pose as a deeply progressive on racial equity, which makes them more powerful. Contrast this with the elites that we are told to hate. You go to a government school. If you go to a government school, you are told to hate Andrew Carnegie. You are told to hate Leland Stanford. You're told to hate J.P. Morgan. You are taught to hate John D. Rockefeller. You are taught to hate the industrial titans of the early 1900s because they had too much money and they exploited people. When in reality, we should be hating our current elites and we should actually be learning about the people that we call the robber barons, the people of the progressive era. Why do we hate them exactly? Okay, they had a lot of wealth. They might have got too rich too quickly. Maybe part of the trust busting was admirable by Teddy Roosevelt. But guess what? Leland Stanford spent a lot of money back when colleges were a good thing to start Stanford University. He loved the country. Andrew Carnegie built libraries, hospitals, public parks. Today, our elites, the wealthiest people in charge of our society, they're not building places of learning or institutions to pursue truth or virtue or goodness or to preserve Western society. Our elites are not trying to build places of deeper learning to support the next generation or to make the country stronger. They're not doing what J.P. Morgan did, literally bailing out the country. You know what our elites are doing now? They're funding trans surgeries for kids. Our elites now are involved, actively involved in the arson of America. This is a new development. It's a new phenomenon. We did not have this in the 60s, 70s, or 80s. We had bad people. We had bad individuals. We did not have a collective agreement amongst the top tier of society, amongst the 1% of the 1%, the Google people, the Goldman people, the JP Morgan people, where they all seem to just agree on one thing. They might disagree on other things. They all agree and they just say, we're so sick of the muscular class. We don't like the country class. We don't like the people in Missouri or Iowa. Who are these people? Let's just bring in a bunch of foreigners. We'll like them more. What's this constitution? This thing, this thing's outdated. Get rid of this because I learned it at Yale. That's the thing the elites can agree on, but they seem unwilling at every corner, any turn to ever acknowledge that the country is falling apart.
No, instead, they'll dedicate hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars to systemic racism or fighting the trans genocide, something that doesn't even exist. It's a complete fiction. We're talking about some sort of esoteric, abstract concept of climate change. No, instead of actually pouring into the core fabric of what makes a nation strong and prosperous, they have disdain for you. And that's what was so powerful about the Elon Tucker interview that we are going to play bits and pieces and talk about is that you could love Elon, you can hate Elon, you could trust him or distrust him. It is a fact that what he is doing is a rebellion against the ruling class. He has defected from that homogenous point of view. He is certainly heterodox. What he has done was not well supported. Oh yeah, he's unpredictable. He could be an agent of chaos. He could be a disruptor. You better believe that he has different politics than I do on certain issues. But it is a fact that what you saw in real time in that Tucker-Elon interview is a one-man crusade of the world's wealthiest man going up against all the other plutocrats, all the other fat cats, all the other oligarchs and saying, you're a fraud, you want to be like God, you fund the Democrat Party, I don't like you, I like free speech, and I am pro-human. And for goodness sake, God bless him for that. And we're going to talk about it. Because we need more elites that defect from this idea pathogen, the Borg, the one-size-fits-all of that I hate the country. I even hate humanity at times. No, 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 no. This is a healthy development. Is he going to succeed? I have no idea. What I'm saying, though, is we need more defections, more rebellions, more questioning of this Leviathan of the elites who hate you, hate your customs, hate your religion, and hate the country. You can think negatively of Elon Musk. You can think, of course, oh, he's terrible. He's all these different things. When was the last time someone went on cable television, went on any sort of platform, and was willing to say that the head of Google has contempt for human beings? That's what's here. It's a term that you might not pick up on called specious. The head of Google accused Elon Musk of being specious, makes it racist towards other species or intolerant of other species outside of human beings. Yeah, guilty. Actually, we are pro-human. We should try to agree on a pro-human future. Probably pretty something something that is important. How many other elites are doing this? You might hate Elon. You might think he's the worst person ever, but you have to be honest. I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. You might be right. Maybe Elon is awful and terrible. It's not about it, but I just as a fact, how many other people that are in the tech community that have hundreds of billions of dollars are willing to call out Google by name and say that they actually have contempt for human beings? Anybody? Zuckerberg? Google? Dropbox? Salesforce? Play Cut 41. You know, and I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And then at one point, uh, I said, well, what about, you know, who we're going to make sure humanity's okay here? Um, <laughs> and, 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 um, uh, and then he called me a specious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did, he use, did he use that term? Yes. And there were witnesses. The other, I wasn't the only one there when he called me a specious. And so I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, I've... Yes, I'm a specious. Okay. You got me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Head of Google thinks that you are being a specious, accusing you in a derogatory, negative way, condemning you for trying to argue for what is best for human beings. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good thing that's out now in the zeitgeist. And it shows a window. The people in charge of Google very well might be able to agree with depopulation agendas, anti-human behavior. How many elites are willing to speak out against that? 
it would be good to have a little bit more discussion. Let's talk about artificial intelligence. We've done entire shows on artificial intelligence. Our current elites are in bed with trying to create a digital god. Okay? And nobody is speaking out against it. Nobody with power. So Elon Musk takes a fair amount of time and says, hey, uh, just so we're clear, uh, this artificial intelligence stuff could destroy the entire world. It could destroy humanity as we know it. He's right. People in power need to start saying it. Is Zuckerberg saying that? No. Is the Sundar Perkai guy from Google saying it? No. Larry Page? No. Sergey Brin? No. George Soros? No. Lorene Powell Jobs? No. They're training AI to take over the entire world. I cannot tell you, as somebody who understands this at a very elementary level, not at a sophisticated advanced level, this is heading in a bad direction very quickly. So they want to try to create a digital god. We played that tape. He gets accused of being a speciest. Sounds like the similar left-wing tactics, doesn't it? You're a racist. You're a homophobe. You're a colonialist. You're an imperialist. You're a specious. That's where we're at. If you say that human beings should come first, they call you a speciest. Play cut 42. Can you be more precise about what's potentially dangerous and scary? Like, what could it do? What specifically are you worried about? Going with old sayings, the pen is mightier than the sword. Um, So if you have um, a super intelligent uh, AI that is capable of writing... uh, incredibly well and and, in a way that is very influential, um, you know, convincing. Uh, And then, and, and is, and is constantly figuring out what is more, what is more, what is more convincing to people over time and then enter social media, for example, Twitter, uh, but also Facebook and others, you know, um, and, and potentially manipulates public opinion in a way that is very bad. Um, How would we even know? AI is being trained to be dishonest. So they're being trained to be a left-wing activist, basically, a social justice warrior. It's becoming a woke super weapon. Who else is speaking out against this? And let's just be honest, who else has the resources to actually combat this? Congress is not even doing anything close to enough about this. This thing could take over entire cyber grids, could take over militaries. Play cut 43. I'm worried about the fact that... uh... It's being, it's being trained to be politically correct, which is simply another way of, of being untruth, saying untruthful things. Yes. So that's, that's a bad sign. There's certainly a path to AI dystopia is to train an AI to be deceptive. A path to be evil, dishonest. The problem is, as Elon says in this interview, usually we only put up roadblocks or regulations after something bad has happened. The AI may be in control at that point. The artificial intelligence, it might be sentient, it might have singularity. And Google is all on board for this. So for those of you that have nothing but negative things to say about Elon Musk, here's the binary, I suppose. You could have what you have right now, which is an unpredictable chaos agent who at least has liberated Twitter and exposed the government's control net, I'll get to that in a second, fighting for free speech that might have ties to the CCP that I don't like and you don't like, or he could be using his $180 billion to assist Larry Page. Which would you prefer? You might say, oh, Charlie, they're both the same. No, you're wrong. That this is better than that. Is it ideal? Not really. There's things I wish he could do differently. But it's certainly a step in the right direction of an elite community that disagrees on nothing. They are in full harmony. 
The current elite governing community does not allow defections or disagreement. They must say we're going for transhumanism. We're going for our version of eternal life. We're going to destroy human beings as we know. We're going to depopulate the earth, mRNA vaccines, and suppress free speech. And we hate America while doing it. And then you got one guy that says, yeah, I don't agree. And they're trying to crush him. For those of you that don't like Elon Musk, if Elon was not doing something that could be a glitch in the matrix, why are they trying to destroy him so badly? Why is the media mocking him so much? If he was really an enemy, why are they trying to destabilize him? Slander him, smear him. We have not seen a person of this high profile defect against the ruling class as significant since Donald Trump went down the escalator in June of 2015, nearly eight years ago. Play cut 39. Regulations are really only put into effect after something terrible has happened. That's correct. If that's the case for AI and we're only putting regulations after something terrible has happened, it may be too late to actually put the regulations in place. The AI may be in control at that point. You think... That's real. It is, it is conceivable that AI could take control and reach a point where you couldn't turn it off and it would be making, making decisions for people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, that's, the, that's definitely the, where things are headed, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's going to happen imminently. How many of our members of Congress are saying anything? Do they even understand AI? They're probably still trying to figure out how to log into the Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg was testifying, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, how do I log into this thing? It's way over their head. Would you rather have elites like Lady Graham that are calling for war in Ukraine? That's what you have in the Republican Party. That's my only challenge, respectfully. And you guys might be right. He might be the worst person ever. I, I, I have no idea. I'd be happy to meet him, interview him, have an open mind. Or he could be something in the middle, a mixture of good and bad, a mixture of agreement and disagreement. Maybe it's something that is necessary, something that's disruptive, something that might be a truth teller on certain topics and just kind of boring and mainstream on others. Aren't we all kind of a mixture? Is it really a binary always? Good, bad, black, white, evil, good. Maybe he's just, maybe there's a tension there with Elon. Maybe. Elon calls for regulation of artificial intelligence. And boy, do I certainly agree with this. This is about to get wildly out of control. It could destroy human beings as we know it. Destroy humanity. You want to talk about an apocalypse? This makes nuclear war look like child's play. Play cut 37. So that I think regulation is uh, you know, I, it's, it's not fun to be regulated. It's, it's sort of, sort of uh, somewhat of a somewhat arduous to be, to be, to be regulated. Um, I have a lot of experience with regula- re- regulated industries because obviously uh, automotive is hi- highly regulated. I think it needs to start with um, a group that initially seeks uh, insight uh, into AI, uh, then solicits opinion from industry, uh, and then pro- has proposed rulemaking, and then those rules you know, uh, will probably hopefully grudgingly be accepted by uh, the, the major players in, in, in AI. Now, you might say, oh, Charlie, come on, this is a bunch of fear-mongering. Oh, let me show you a piece of tape here. 60 Minutes did an interview with Pakai from Google. This thing is getting a life of its own. The artificial intelligence machine is getting towards singularity. The elites are just salivating. You know why? They think they have found godlike power. They think they have finally been able to find the oneness, the gnosis, the mind. That's really literally where the word Gnosticism comes from. They think they are close towards creating the divine. Maybe someone should say this is a really bad idea. Well, Elon is. Who else is? Watch this clip of Google CEO saying that, yeah, the AI system has a life of its own. It's doing stuff it wasn't programmed to do. He kind of finds it funny. You trust Google? If Elon is against Google, I'm, I'm going to compliment him for that. Play cut 11. 
AI systems are teaching themselves skills that they weren't expected to have. How this happens is not well understood. There is an aspect of this which we call, uh, all of us in the field, call it as a black box. You know, you don't fully understand. And you can't quite tell why it said this or why it got wrong. We have some ideas and our ability to understand this gets better over time. But that's where the state of the art is. You don't fully understand how it works, and yet you've turned it loose on society? Yeah, let me put it this way. I don't think we fully understand how a human mind works either. Do you notice he said the word better? By what standard? What morality? What ethical code? How are you judging better? You mean more likely to censor Christians, conservatives, and people of faith? Better, more efficient to be able to destroy America? Better, more likely to suppress ideas you don't like? What do you mean by better exactly? Who's actually deeply talking about this from a thoughtful way? Joe Allen is. Well, Elon Musk agrees. Maybe we should take his warning. His other politics aside, okay, there's a clear and present danger here that is not creeping up. It's accelerating. It's growing in speed. It's growing in strength. And the entire species could be at risk. And Google thinks that's just fine. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.